NFL team has a plant for its logo. What is what NFL team has a plant for its logo? It's, usually it's animals, but this one is or usually plant. yeah, usually yeah. they are animals. Um, um oh, okay, I should know this cuz I used to like watch a lot of football when I was yeah, younger. Yeah. You're a sports guy. Yeah. Oh no. A it's plant. a big team too. They're a pretty famous team. Uh they were pretty successful. Um, a few years back, I think I'm not paying a lot of attention to football, to be honest. But yeah, this um, oh no, like I'm sure I could sit here and like write down all the teams if I had paper. Yeah, and, but that no one wants to hear that that's process. A, that's a pretty like, pretty boring way to start bad. the episode. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really bad audio. So I'm gonna give myself a self time of 15 yeah. seconds right now. Okay, that's not helping. <laughs> the jeopardy uh, oh no i'm not gonna get this a plant i'm gonna light a candle while you uh while you do all this. right really set the mood for the podcast listen to that crackle um I, i'm I, i'm blanking here you give up it is yeah. the new orleans saints the fleur de il sometimes spelled yeah. fleur de yeah. East is a stylized lily or iris commonly used for decoration. So they do have a the, lot of those in, in France. Yeah, as, as you are a Frenchman who has been as uh, as I've been I, I did spend a while two months of this in year France. in France. <laughs> <laughs> um cool. Well we're here. People were like, Did you study abroad? I'm like, no, I just was kind of chilling. Yeah. Speaking of, that's actually a great trivia question for this week's episode. Now, we're not going to get in the movie yet, but that would have been a really great segue because I would have been like, speaking of France, speaking of, you know, but... that That is a good point. not what we're... Yeah. Um, instead, we want to uh, start things off by talking about the news. Uh, well, actually... Wait, we, Je- we didn't talk about how our week was. Oh, yeah. How was your week, Jeff? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah. Vegas because you, you were in Vegas. Yeah, I was uh, in Vegas uh, for Halloween, so I did not uh-huh. dress up because, you know, there's enough people in Vegas dressed up. They didn't need another yeah. one. <laughs> you went as a guy in uh, Vegas for Halloween. Yeah, I went as like a guy ready to lose $100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just your normal clothes. <laughs> yeah, just normal um, normal person, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I will say I am currently in Los Angeles. That is why I'm not using my new microphone because it's yeah. very large, so you can't really travel with it. I didn't even notice. I thought your week. your quality was pretty good as is, but I guess uh, now it's not as notice, good. It's not as good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. How is L.A. treating you? Uh, yeah. So Los Angeles is uh you know it's dry. Yeah. Uh, I went to a movie theater here. Saw mm-hmm. French Dispatch. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not. I didn't do that much. <laughs> that's awesome that's really great yeah, how about you I'm, uh, it was pretty good i went to a halloween party i had a good time there i was the woodsman from over the garden wall and uh i think that's really all that that happened it was a pretty uneventful week i'm not gonna lie well i i cleaned my apartment that's that's about it um <laughs> yeah yeah, I was I was on another not to plug another podcast, but I was a guest on the Wisecrack podcast. If anyone's curious about checking that out, oh, I will say I watched the new episode of Succession, which I know you haven't seen it, but probably the best episode in the entire show. I, if I'm being honest, yeah, um, I saw your tweet about it. Yeah, I it's so good oh my god that show is just the best jeff you would love this show i am so yeah, positive I, you'd love this show when i get back to florida i think i have like one other show i have to finish mm-hmm. and then i am i think i'm gonna start succession and then, yeah uh, no rush but you should yeah. you should watch uh, you should catch up before the finale of this season so that we can like you know hash it out on Ooh. pod or something yeah we could hash it like. out if i if i can get into it 
Yeah. Um. So that was my week. That was like a really, that was honestly a highlight. Was watching that episode. It was so good. Um. But yeah, not not a lot of new stuff. Uh, no one went as us for Halloween, which is a shame. Uh, but you know, maybe next that year. That would have. we should definitely have asked people to go as us yeah we should have done like a halloween costume contest and given away something um yeah like if you you can really there's only only people who own the hats could have gone as me i i was gonna say like to win the costume contest you have to gone as me yeah our patrons (laughs) you have to wear our hat to do that and then we give you (laughs) a hat it's not an official costume unless you wear the hat yeah yeah pricey costume um yeah especially because they're sold out now so yeah can't really you know yeah they're gone for like three hundred dollars on the black market yeah <laughs> the cars cast hats um it's like a computer graphics card they're just like upsold for like 10 times the value <laughs> um yeah well we'll we'll talk um i guess about the news uh i found an opinion piece on uh by who is it actually this is not even this is a podcast and the article i found is just a description of the podcast um from the new york times and it's we need to talk about the dark side of daylight savings time or saving time i don't know why i keep saying savings time but um how do you feel about daylight saving time jeff because it's coming up i am Um, very anti daylight saving yeah isn't it daylight savings there's no s i well that's what i thought and then this one this says daylight saving time but it's got to be savings time yeah daylight savings saving time they're whatever this opinion piece they really yeah aren't doing good with the editing yeah uh, it says Senators Marco Rubio and Ed Markey have pushed to make daylight saving time permanent. The Sunshine Protection Act was introduced in 2018, and 19 states have already passed similar legislation to pave the way for year-round daylight savings, should Congress eventually allow it. Um, yeah, you, uh, and if anyone doesn't know about the two people who co-sponsored this bill, they could not be further apart. Oh, yeah. Of their yeah. political ideology. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I left out the sentence at the very top of this paragraph that says, and it's something poli- politicians of all parties can agree on. Uh, yeah, which I think is. Ed a, Markey's like a very progressive Democrat, and Mark Rubio yeah. is a, a Florida senator who's a Republican. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I always vote against him. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think we like. I would Marco. vote for a tree instead of Marco Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> um,. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know why I chose this, to be honest, because I think we're both on the same page. It's yeah, it's annoying. It should be light later in the day. Yeah, yeah, and dark. Uh, and dark when I'm not awake. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, did I, did I, have I talked about this on the podcast, how in high school I, I swam in the winter and I would go to school. School would start at like 7 a.m., and I'd get out at 3, but then have swim pa- practice at, like, 3.30 and have swim practice until, like, 6.15. And by the time I got out, it was, like, pitch blackout. So for the winter, I just didn't see sunlight for a solid, like, three months because I was just always indoors. Yeah. And I'm like, that. no wonder I was messed up every winter because yeah. Yeah, sounds like Las so Vegas you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just don't, it, you're just like, I don't know what time it is, but yeah. I'm going to push the machine that's lighting up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Except for you, it was swimming, so it wasn't, it was, it wasn't exactly the same. No, no, not the same. I didn't win any money. didn't <laughs> lose any money. You were practice to gamble. No. <laughs> Sports are a gamble. It was like one of your swim teammates was doing like three-card Monty. Yeah. <laughs> Every time just you like, touch the wall, the you find the queen. push down slots. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's the news. Um, <laughs> daylight, that's the news. Carson and I like it when it's light outside. Yeah, you heard it here first. Everything's just so, the news is a very political space. Um, let me look up variety news, because they usually have the, the film stuff. 
Um, uh, Which Eternals is counterintuitive because it's called variety, so you'd think it'd be a lot of different things instead of just film stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, whoa! Jason Sudeikis uh, and Gene Smart to star in "It's a Wonderful Life" table read for the Ed Asner Family Center. Oh, never mind. I thought it was like a remake. Never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the last part of that sentence really made it underwhelming. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't know they were remaking It's a Wonderful Life. And then why yeah. is that news? Anyways. um, It's like Carson Runquist, the star in his own <laughs> video on his YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> Carson Runquist to host the Carscast this week. I'm like, oh, all right. Um. Your video went away, by the way. I don't know if it went away for me, but... Oh, no, you're you're, I still see you. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's the news. Speaking of newspapers, uh, this week we're talking about a movie all about uh, a publication. Um, yeah. The French Dispatch. The French uh, Dispatch. Probably our most hyped movie on this pod we've been talking about it for years now i remember yeah, i was usually you don't have the chance to talk about it no. for years before it comes out <laughs> i remember i was in la when the trailer for this movie dropped and we talked about the trailer on the podcast and we were both like yeah it looks great can't wait and now you're in la weirdly enough and we've we've watched the movie finally yeah um i mean you saw it a, a while ago yeah, I mean, I I didn't I saw it like mid October, so not too far away. Yeah, and but uh, yeah, but you've also seen it multiple times, right? I've seen it twice now. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. I'm like kind of itching to go see it a third time because I really like this movie. But let's uh, let's wow! I went on IMDb to get the synopsis, and the whole IMDb page, like the borders, it's all promoting the movie. So, um, yeah, the synopsis to this movie reads. A love letter to journalists set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch magazine. It is directed by Wes Anderson and stars a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Like Benicio Del Toro, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Timothy Chalamet, and it goes on and on and on. Like one of the most yeah, loaded it's... casts out there. Do you um, think that by Wes Anderson's, like, 20th film, just, it'll just be a cat? Because it seems like what happens is there's a few new people yep. added to the cast of the people there in the previous films. So will there will there just be, like, every person that's ever won an award in his in 20th the, film? Maybe. That's, like, living? Yeah. I hope he gets, like, everyone that's ever been in any of his movies ever in. Yeah. That would that's be an insane alive. movie. Yeah. Um. Well, I sort of on that note. I don't know why I felt like that was no. necessary to specify. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, thank you. Yeah, Let's make like it I very I clear. Like, I really, yeah, yeah. So people don't come away thinking Carson wants the dead people to be in the movie, right? <laughs> very controversial stance. On yeah, the podcast. very controversial take by Carson. Well, this movie. It feels like the man, each movie he makes, he, like, builds his own world on set. And it's, like, he's... It's not just the movie that's being created. It's just, like, he, he creates his own little thing. Like, yeah. in the interview for New York Film Fest, they, like, took a part of France or something and, like, built their own, like, mini city. Which, I know he's very influenced by Jacques Tati, who did the same thing with Playtime. He built an entire city and it took it cost like a lot of like he took out loans from his like his sister's savings and his like mother's savings and the movie was a disaster like lost an insane he went insanely bankrupt and Wes is doing the same thing but he's actually doing pretty well um so at the I like I wouldn't be surprised if he like just got bigger with each project and would build like entire cities just for his cast to like live in yeah um uh -huh. I mean, the Life Aquatic was the. That, I don't know it's the in the same. Of this film. Yeah, but the thing though is that did lose money. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I um, think that was. Uh, but and that was kind of the I same deal. Pretty well. 
Yeah, he's doing like yeah. I I read somewhere that this movie specifically is one of the best. It had the best um audience per theater ratio something since the pandemic started like every scr- it, it hasn't been in a whole lot of theaters but every theater has been like packed to the brim which i can vouch for because when i went to see it a second time which was like a 2 p.m screening it was like packed um i don't know what yours is yeah. like but so i uh, saw it at 3:55 p.m on a tuesday okay and there was like 10 people in the theater okay that's pretty good um <laughs> i mean <laughs> point is um it's definitely doing well which is good to hear yeah um but yeah let's something i else to preface with is it's been it's been met with a lot of mixed reviews um even though it is doing really well like a lot of people are finding this one hard to connect to and they say it's a little too wes anderson-y like he's kind of gone too far. <laughs> I mean, it it is very um, Wes Anderson-y. It's like yeah, so many of his tangents have just like been gone to the extreme. Yeah, just yeah, pushed all the way. It's in um, France. It's in it's like little yeah, you know. That's what's surprising is like stories. You'd think he's he'd had made like a film about France by now, set in France, but this is like his first yeah. time doing that, and it's like kind of everything you'd expect it to be and yeah personally that's kind of that's what i wanted out of it like i i had a blast watching this movie i thought it was extremely colorful um and and people are calling it boring i didn't think it was boring at all i thought there was always something happening on screen that was like really satisfying to look at anyway jeff what did you think as a fellow i I liked it a lot yay yay Cool. Yeah, <laughs> the, this film more than any of his films because they're also you know specifically put together visually. Uh huh. But this film, a lot of the time, felt like do you know those rides at theme parks where you kind of just are in. So one of them I, that I went up to like ten years ago is Harry Potter World at Universal Studios because I'm from yeah. Florida, so we all go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like one where the whole point of the ride is you just get like strapped in and then you kind of like get moved to different areas mm-hmm. and then like something happens in front of you and then you get like yeah. pulled along to something else where it's not really like a, a thrill ride but it's just like a world building ride mm-hmm. yeah like that's what this film felt like to me yeah where it was just like a theme park ride where you're getting like pulled around to all the different things and like in a world and just staring at it yeah which that's was a that's great a, time it's a cool movie yeah i definitely think i can agree with everyone i was talking to someone who was like, I'd look at this less as a movie and more as just like an art piece or like a big mm-hmm. mural. And I'm like, that's exactly what this is for me. I'm like, and that's kind yeah. of what I've always wanted out of Wes Anderson because he has kind of, especially I think Isle of Dogs, it sacrifices a lot of its like really cool style and world building for a story that kind of just feels half-assed and in there for the sake of having a story. And yeah this movie doesn't even kind of bother with that. And it just instead focuses on these like short, these three short stories. And that gives it so much creative freedom that I've always wanted out of him. Yeah, no. And Um, that's a, that's a great point because, you know, there's very few directors who I think could pull this off mm -hmm. in a way where the actual visual element of it is so strong that you can forego an actual, like strong through line like there Mm -hmm. is there is one of course but it's like these kind of tangentially connected pieces where they're not really connected by you know plot or anything they're just connected and that they're all happening in this city yeah yeah uh yeah no but that's the thing i don't think there's many other directors from like they could definitely pull it off and i would love it totally yeah i mean i've found i mean just like reflecting on it i've kind of reconsidered a lot of like how to look at a movie or like review a movie i should say because i'm like yeah this doesn't have the kind of emotional grab that most movies should have but i'm also like that's not at all the point of this movie like i don't think wes wanted to make like a drama here it's more of like kind of showcasing three sides of life that like or, or kind of like the work of this journalist and and 
what he yeah. did. And that's the thing. I think, though, there is an emotional connection, but it's mm-hmm. kind of a step removed from, you know, a normal film. Yeah, it's where doing the, it differently. The emotional connection comes in the the acknowledgement of what we're watching. And it's more yeah. of like an emotional connection to the idea that someone made a film this way. Yeah. So it's yeah. more of like an emotional connection to Wes Anderson's concept for the film, you mm-hmm. know? Because that's the thing everyone loves about Wes Anderson films, even if you're not super always aware of it, is that you just love the idea that someone is making films like this. Yeah, totally. And this is the absolute furthest extent that you can push this form, Mm -hmm. where it becomes, you know, just enough story to where you need it to be for the visuals to take over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like... Yeah, I don't think this is the kind of movie where I I watch it to necessarily like see the perspective of a character or anything or or that I I use to like empathize with anyone. It's like more of something I watch for the spectacle of it all. Yeah. Um like that's why it's it's kind of funny that this and Dune came out the same weekend and that they're compared because Timmy's in both of the movies, but I'm like that's the draw of both these movies to me is that just like it's a spectacle and it's just a really like it's it's not something to think too hard about you just enjoy watching it you know um yeah uh i don't know i i i had a point and i forgot it so i'm gonna ask if you have something else on your mind (laughs) um well actually if you don't unless you do unless you do go ahead well okay i mean if you want to go to like a broader point about all wes anderson films Mm -hmm. you know a very common theme is that they're set in like the 70s Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i don't know if any of his films are set in the internet age i mean obviously bottle rocket was yeah uh you know that was pre-internet but just because that's when the film was made yeah. It was like the very beginning of the internet where no one was using it. But I don't know. Has any of his films ever had a character use the internet? The Darjeeling Limited, they have iPods. Uh, and the iPods are like a big part of that movie, I know. Because they just like use them. It's not a, It's not a big part of that movie. But that's yeah. just something. That's the only one I can think of where it's like they were using modern technology. <laughs> yeah. But but even then, it's like, you know, a lot of the the idea of like riding the train is still set in like the methods that someone would use to travel i think in the 70s yeah yeah so i think people in his films always live like it's the 70s regardless mm-hmm. of the actual time period it's set because obviously yeah. Royal Bombs is also set i guess probably in 2001 or something mm-hmm. um but yeah, i don't know it's like there's i think that he i don't know the, the idea of playing with you know romanticizing the past you know in the sense for me that it's something that's you know, unknowable where anything that happens that's notable today, everyone knows about instantly because of like Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Where you can't have these, you know, events like these stories that came out in this, you know, in these small pieces in this film, Mm -hmm. you know, there's such like insane stories that you only could rationally have someone believe happened in this small town before internet. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, I don't know. yeah, I, I, that is a theme of his work um, that not enough people talk about. This reminded me a lot of Fantastic Mr. Fox in that way, and this is just a small detail, just like um, the way people communicate to each other, at least. Um, like, in Mr. Fox, they're from, like, the tin can or whatever, as they're planning, like, that battle at the yeah. end. And this one, they're, like, playing chess from, like, two sides of a wall or whatever, and... I don't know. I I just I love stuff like that. And you're right. I don't think they would work as well in like the modern age. Yeah, it, uh, it's just I don't know. It's keeping the the places as these like self-contained mm-hmm. boxes, you know, away from the outside world. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I'd have to really think about this a lot harder. But that's just yeah. something that occurred to me watching this film. I'll ask you what story did you like the most out of these three tales um that's a the thing i don't know that's a good question i didn't really think of that (laughs) i i think 
Maybe the middle one. Really? See, okay. I don't, I don't know. I but or the last one. Yeah. That's interesting. Every time I've cuz I went to see this with a big group of people the first time and we all talked about it and everyone has like different favorites and I thought in my group everyone was kind of like, yeah, the middle one was the weakest, but I first of all, the second time I watched it, I liked the middle one a lot more. I think it's really it it has the most stories within stories. Like I think the the mm-hmm. play where the I, yeah. I forget what it is, where he he like jumps out the window. It's like I think that's a really good moment and but i really liked the first story with the benicio del toro and adrian brody yeah as the okay, artist yeah you know what that was good joe <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the third one is probably the one with the most like meaning out of out of all three it's got like that that moment at well not even really i don't know <laughs> i do like the third one a lot though I, the point is it's kind of hard to pick a favorite here um yeah but is there anything you didn't like about the film? Honestly, that's that's kind of why I am very much locked in at a perfect score for this movie cuz I don't this movie's so tailor-made for me. It's like my exact kind of humor. I don't care that much about I, I like I don't like staying on one character for too long. Uh, like I like the fact that it jumps around a lot and it never feels stale. I'm just like, there's not a lot that I can complain about here. I pretty much loved everything yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, as you were saying, though, this, it's like one step further in terms of Wes Anderson form than I Love Dogs, mm-hmm. where there was still this story you were supposed to follow. I just didn't have any like emotional connection to it. Yeah. I think, yeah, for me, this worked a lot better. Um, yeah. The one thing I did not like was... <laughs> the animation okay at the damn. end of the second story i cannot okay yeah let's talk about that because in our patron hangout someone i forget who yeah. it was uh i think it was riley aust just outing him on the podcast but <laughs> like he brought it up he was like yeah that was probably my least favorite part and now you're saying that's your least favorite part that was maybe my favorite part of the movie but why didn't you why are you not a fan? It, it just felt out of place. Like, I don't understand why it wasn't just live action. Well, my immediate assumption was, like, this is a hard thing to film in live action. And maybe, like, budgetary restrictions. They just had to go animated with it. Um, but my other... I loved how they pretended... Or they said at one point they were, like, it was recreated in a cartoon in the in the... Yeah, um, that they definitely said that for the the first the, the balloon like, the first escape. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I just I don't know. I just think a budget restriction would have been a really bad reason. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I I that didn't hold it back in any way for me. Just because I like Wes Anderson's style when he can go animated and he has a little bit more control as far as like stability goes like there's a moment in that sequence where they're going through the alley and it's like really curvy really fast and it looks super funny and kind of weird but um and and then the the fucking what is it the wrestler or someone like falling off the hood of the car and then falling back on the hood of the car i'm just like that was so funny to me (laughs) Yeah, um, for me though, I always just want as much Wes Anderson live action as possible because of just you know you kind of lose the visual style when you're. It's still a specific uh, animation style, but it's right. not the same. Totally. Where there are some fast moving sequences that would could you know be similar to that in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted something like that. That was well. That remind you know live action. I was like, if this was. In live action, I feel like it would look a lot like the sledding sequence in the Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel, where that looks like really. I do agree, it would have been just as good in live action, but um, I think I'm just really in love with how absurd that scene turned out. That that's kind of where I, I don't know, it, it really yeah. worked for me. But I can totally see it, it not for a lot of that's people. That's the only part that didn't feel specific, though. It didn't. It didn't feel like that's how it was written. Mm, yeah you know what i mean that's a like that's it a felt good like point. it was supposed to be a live action piece yeah i don't know because yeah. 
it was done twice, right? It was done that for the like escape thing with the hot air balloon. Yeah. And then it was done again at the end. But that too, like doing something twice just feels like an awkward amount of times. It doesn't feel like a pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of. So it felt like, do, yeah, I don't know. It. I'm still torn on that one. Yeah, that that is true. I was going to say, I, I think another part I like about it, though, is because it adds some sort of variety to the the film because, you know, they got they're, they're shooting in different aspect ratios. There's sometimes it's in color. Sometimes it's in black and white. There's like a sometimes lot of it's in French. Sometimes, sometimes in yeah, a lot of weird text in, all in over the, same the place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which first sidetrack the subtitles in this movie are so I wish more movies did subtitles in a weird way like that. Um, but yeah. I think it just added to the fact that this movie can't really fit under one color palette or style the way his other movies can. Like, this is an entire, like, just bucket full of different styles that, um, I don't know. I, I It just, like, switches up so often, and I think that's why the animated thing felt right yeah. for me. But, yeah. Um, what else? This really is the most Wes Anderson film yet. Exactly. And that's why I'm like, kind of like you said, you were like, this is kind of as far as you can go with a style like this. And I agree. I'm just like, what the fuck is his next movie going to be? <laughs> like, what? It's where did he go another, from like, here? It's probably going to be another stop motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're filming it right now in Spain. And it's oh, called, yeah. it's there's rumors that it's called asteroid city and it's a Western starring Bill Murray. And <laughs> it, he's been like, cause he can't go to any of these festival screenings. He's been like filming like himself with like his phone with like the set in the back. And it looks like a typical like Hollywood Western <laughs> set, which looks, which is really funny, but I don't know what that's going to be like, but um, my favorite bit from all of these things, I, Bill Murray did it for the Chicago International Fest, but he was like, yeah, we can't be there tonight because we're filming this other movie, which is way better than the movie you're about to watch. But anyways, and <laughs> I, I can't tell if he's sincere or not, because I know a lot of people don't actually like this movie. But um, anyways, I'm really excited about that movie. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm one of the few directors where I'm excited about anything i just inherently yeah trust yeah whatever they're doing yeah yeah um but that kind of um th- scratches the, the surface a little bit uh yeah i don't uh, now i mean you know i just want to break the news for for people listening you know to the podcast but there's a rumor that you're going to be doing a wes anderson ranked video at some point i i was finishing it as we started this call so yeah i'm uploading it today <laughs> it's probably going to be okay, out before well, this podcast not, comes out yeah out <laughs> the rumor is true yeah um yeah and now I, uh just preview or i guess not a preview if it's coming out afterwards but yeah uh what place was this film i think this is at firmly at like number four to be honest that's pretty that's pretty good uh, it's pretty it's honestly higher than probably a lot of people but i'm also like this is the wes anderson movie like this is his yeah this is his most wes anderson movie and it is kind of just it feels like it was made in a factory to make me happy is so <laughs> perfect yeah um all it was missing was like a stop motion scene which i th- i'm trying to remember maybe there was a stop motion scene at some point but I don't think I don't so. Think so. I don't remember that. Well, there was. Well, no. Yeah, there wasn't. Never mind. I'm just like maybe there was like it. They used it for like miniatures or something, but I don't think they did. Yeah. Um. That's another. Okay. Another quick sequence that I loved was the Owen Wilson bike tour. I thought that yeah. was hilarious, and <laughs> I don't know. It's just little moments like that where it's like obviously that's an unnecessary part of the movie but there's nothing that's unnecessary or necessary to the film so it really is allowed to just kind of yeah. fill itself in like that, that was for me that was the part where i'm like okay this is peak wes anderson <laughs> yeah owen wilson on a bike tour and then at the beginning of it they're like the city like you know awakens rapidly or something and then yeah like, 
from the entire frame in every different corner people are like exiting buildings and water starts flowing and stuff it's one of the best shots absolutely yeah um yeah i uh really love this one and i'm so glad you i was like i feel okay we didn't even talk about this i do think this is one of his funniest movies too um at least part like the first story at least with adrian brody and benicio del toro that was like a really funny story and i don't know i i thought the that owen wilson was really great there's the line at the end where he's like i'll have a slice after he dies <laughs> um it's out of context that sounds weird but you know um i just thought it was really funny too on top of all of that uh yeah yeah but what are you feeling for a score jeff i mean i gave it a 4.5 yeah sounds yeah it's pretty I mean, accurate yeah it's you know i might i might go five at a later date yeah yeah See, the only things i did not like about this film were that i wished i just had a little bit more of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> you know because all the you know the stories are pretty short overall mm-hmm. um and then also the animation that was the only part that i kind of didn't like i will okay now i've figured out what i wish there was more of and it's uh a a good portion of this is in black and white which i get is because it's like maybe that's like the words are like they're looking at it in the past and and whatever um and it really highlights the the few spots where it is in color but i do wish more of the movie was in color because when it is in color it just looks so good and it makes the black and white yeah. stuff seem a little bland but that's such right, a nitpick that's the, the problem when Wes yeah. Anderson has such a good color palette yeah yeah is that you want to see that <laughs> um cool I gave it a five. I plan on rewatching it a few more times. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, maybe this is my movie of the year because I really love this a lot. And so it's beating Teton. I think it's it's gonna beat the movie where <laughs> she fucks the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll see how that how that ages. Um. I'm excited yeah. for your end of year movie ranking which Thank you, you, you're yeah. probably doing right oh yeah of course i'm i'm more excited yeah. about this year's than last year's felt just weirdly like underwhelming and i was like there's not a lot of competition here it's just it wasn't as fun but this year i'm like it's so so many good movies this year that and also very different <laughs> yeah yeah really you're, like the diverse... movies at the top of your list are a very <laughs> wide spectrum yeah We'll have to see where Cry Macho ends up in that list. (laughs) We're going to see if Clint has a chance. That would be great if just to get every single person mad at you if you put that as your movie of the year. I'm like, number one is Cry Macho. It's like, Um, and then there's just a big story on Variety that's like, YouTuber Karsten Runquist lost 95% of his subscribers when you put Cry Macho as his movie of the year. You're like, yeah, Jeff, what's the news today? Oh, okay. Oh, shit. They're still talking about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that uh, does it for French Dispatch. It's in theaters now. Uh, should be wider than it was a little bit ago. But you should. Yeah, I mean, encourage everyone to go see it. Um, yeah, I say if you haven't seen it yet, definitely see it. And if you have get seen out it, there. Like I, this is one of the movies where I... I usually don't see movies in theaters twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, that's not the kind of like movie viewer I am, but this is mm-hmm. one that if someone wants to go, I would go again with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's the French Dispatch. Uh, we'll get into questions. Uh, answer some questions from our lovely subreddit users and maybe a patron. I didn't actually check if there was a $15 question this week. <laughs> Uh, let me do that right now. Um, but we'll start with a Reddit question, and this one comes from uh, Roller Skate Butterfly, and this is kind of topical. It's what was your best Halloween costume? Because Jeff, we talked about it. You didn't dress up this year, but what is your favorite yeah. costume of yours? I remember yours well, from a few years ago, but I don't think that's your best. <laughs> yeah, that was not that. No, that one was terrible. That, but that was 
<laughs> a bit I was doing to have a deliberately terrible but specific costume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a few years ago, I was at a party. It was a Halloween party thrown by Karsten. Yep. Um, yeah, and I went to uh, Village Discount Outlet, which is a thrift store, and I found fishing waders for $2. <laughs> so it's like the big rubber things. Yep. that you know you wear so you don't get wet when you fish and you're standing in the water yeah and then i also owned a gold sequined blazer so i wore those together and it's such a specific look wearing fishing waders and a gold sequined blazer that people were like looking at me trying to figure out what it was so, like i should know this <laughs> <laughs> so i just did it to confuse people it was kind of genius yeah it was a costume it was just not yeah it was a costume yeah. just not a character that anyone's ever seen before I vividly remember this was before we like really knew each other, but I knew of you and you were like the first yeah. person to show up to the party. You were like 10 minutes early. I think I remember. Uh, okay. But here's why I was 10 minutes early. Cause that <laughs> sounds bad. You were borrowing my fog machine. So I yeah, had to yeah, yeah, yeah. to bring the fog machine. Yeah. Uh, and then also I only live two blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. So it made sense. But I just remember you showing up and I'm me being like, who is this guy? What, what is he tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh no. to be fair i had a no, worse I, costume that year but yeah you were timmy turner right i was yeah with a shitty yeah, like with the teeth that were very teeth. uncomfortable yeah <laughs> yeah now when people asked me what i was i told them i was the host of a fishing themed game show i remember that yeah that's what you said <laughs> <laughs> it's a good costume um yeah yeah but to get back to the question uh, I used to win. Okay, well, I say I used to win. My mom, who made the costumes, we and dressed my me and my brother and sister mm -hmm. up. Used to like we won a couple costume things, mm -hmm. and we won. I, we were a banana split one year, so we each wore a different ice cream scoop, and then we had a giant banana that we like hung across us. That's so funny. That's a really and good one. The, <laughs> yeah, and then the other time was we were a fork, a knife, and a spoon. Aww. <laughs> That's that's cute. Yeah, that's this really is when good. you know I was like maybe five or something. Let me guess: were you the knife? I don't remember which one I was. Would what would you be if you could go back? I feel like choose? I might have been the fork. Mm. Classic Jeff, always the fork. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember though. But yeah, how um, about you? I when I was a kid. My last two years of trick-or-treating, I remember I, I got really into, like, DIY costumes. So I was a, like, waiter. You know, like, the waiters that walk around with, like, the silver platters and they, like, give out, yeah. like... Yeah, so I, I dressed up in, like, a tuxedo. I think I wore a top hat, which is not what they wear, but I wore a top hat. And I had a platter, and I, I took a bunch of, like, ping-pong balls and made, like, eyeballs out of them and then, like, decorated the platter a bunch. And so I I had to walk around the neighborhood with a fucking thing the whole time. But I would always, they'd be like, they'd offer me candy and I'd be like, would you like any? And they always <laughs> thought that was kind of silly. But <laughs> yeah, I was proud of that one. That was a lot of fun to did, put wait, together. Did they put the candy on your like platter? No, actually, I think they did a few times. But I think one guy took one of the eyeballs and I was like, wait, no, I, I need that. Um <laughs> But yeah, that was one of my... And then another year, I think I wore the same tuxedo and just wore a dog mask, and I called myself Dog Man. But that was not that <laughs> creative. <man>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. But anyway, the, the next question comes from... Uh, um, uh, Buck, Buck Lake Lukey. And it is, what is your favorite painting, favorite painter? Um, this is really testing our painting knowledge, but uh, Jeff, yeah, do, you, do you have We've actually had this question like two years ago. <clears throat> really? Um, I will answer mine in the meantime. Uh, but mine is, uh, my favorite painter is Rene Magritte. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it but we went to his museum in brussels and it was like one of the coolest museums um he does like a lot of those like weird surreal paintings um and i think my favorite one of his is uh 
there's there's one where it's like a man and his face isn't on his head but it's like to the side of his head um it's hard to explain but like all of his stuff is is really amazing i love his stuff a lot um very funny and weird what about you jeff yeah so mine is this guy like i don't know how to pronounce his name but he's norwegian and it's like petter balk <laughs> not but yeah it's, it's not guy peter painted like it's petter it's petter okay p-e-d-e-r that could be peter peter i mean Anyways. yeah i think it's you know to one or the other for sure yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like his paintings which actually are not open for interpretation at all they're landscapes mm. that's cool peter there's just a guy who painted norwegian landscapes like 100 years ago that's so cool that's wait i found him P- peter bulk i'm going with peter wow these are beautiful these are really cool how did you find out about this guy jeff i, I ask? saw him i think what i saw like some of it when i was i think at the chicago art institute nice nice i think there was a couple of them there yeah the chicago art institute is like an amazing museum if anyone is in Chicago and yeah. it's a wreck, that's a good place to go. Um, yeah. Well, that answers that question. And this next one uh, comes... F- <laughs> this is a funny one. Uh, it comes from Incrediboy24, and it's, have you ever gotten into an argument with each other, or are you just perfect friends? You know, <laughs> Jeff and I, we've never fought. No. We we're always yeah, on the same we've page. Really, yeah, we haven't really had an argument. We've disagreed on many topics in films. And actually, not yeah. even that many, but um, a few, a few. But we don't we don't get in arguments. We don't believe in all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're just two very compatible personality types. Yeah, to where yeah. we both inherently like try to. I don't know. We, we try to avoid conflict and like yeah we do both apologize to each other a lot when we're like 10 minutes late to recording right but we we, we always make it happen um yeah. yeah and that is the note we'll end on thank you for the questions guys uh and head on over to r slash carscast if you have a question for us and want us to answer it we answer almost all of them except for the ones that aren't good or weird yeah um lastly let's get into our wrap-up um do we have any movie ideas right off the bat jeff for next week um there is last night in soho if you are able to see it but if you're not that's okay uh oh right yeah i i think i probably cannot see that see that okay all right yeah yeah yeah. uh then we'll figure something out probably something on a streaming service somewhere yeah probably a streaming service uh i do know the new edgar wright documentary the sparks brothers is on netflix now so we could always watch a different edgar wright movie but we'll we'll talk about it we'll figure something out yeah we'll figure it out we'll we'll tweet Uh, it out yeah this is uh yeah you heard it here first we'll tweet it out uh next (laughs) Next, we uh, heard it we here like... first. You'll hear it somewhere else first. <laughs> uh, next, we like to read a review. We love hearing what you guys have to say. If you guys want to support the podcast in some way, uh, leaving a review is probably the easiest way, uh, and it really helps us out, especially if it's a five star, not anything less than that. Um, this one comes from Dylan Lacroix, Lacroix. Lacroix, uh, and it's the subject line is I like it so far question mark five stars and it's 36 minutes into my first episode not sure yet honestly <laughs> this <laughs> this Jeff guy is a hoot though a real charmer <laughs> I really like that one that's, that's <laughs> gonna lie review. yeah it's a really good a, review <laughs> it's an homage to our cry macho episode yeah yeah Carson found a google review where someone <laughs> reviewed the movie five stars saying that they were like 36 minutes into the movie <laughs> the funny thing is the french dispatch is a movie where that kind of review does make sense uh because yeah. 36 minutes into it 
you have seen a full short by that point uh probably yeah i think Um, so but thank you dylan really appreciate it uh lastly we want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash carscast now this is one of the best ways to support the podcast if you're looking to do so and you know jeff and i we're starting to we're now that you know jeff's not traveling as much now that i'm kind of settling down like we're going to be a lot more active in this patreon and you're going to want to be there for it um especially because i want to be there for it yeah (laughs) we want we definitely want to be there for that uh it it helps us so much um it really it is a free podcast but the best way to keep the podcast going and to make the podcast even better is to support us on patreon and uh yeah you get tons of cool perks in the process like bonus episodes um you get uh, $15 patrons get their Q&A their questions answered uh, you get shout outs at the end of every episode which we're about to do and you get Zoom hangouts yeah which um, I don't know if you guys have ever spent time talking to Carson Runquist but it is a, it's a pleasure it's quite the roller coaster yeah just an absolute pleasure yeah we might get I mean into if a I wasn't fight. on this podcast I would pay money to talk to Carson <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so that's that i pay money to talk to you jeff because i pay for zoom pro and riverside so yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know um i do pay for this but yeah uh, anyways head on over to the patreon to keep these conversations funded uh and without any further ado uh well there's a little bit further or do because i'm waiting for the tiny bit names. of do to load um thank you a scribble of a boy alex thomas anson contreras anson contreras contreras yep antonio demarco blake root boat brandon you brock schultz camilla chuck the duck david david sir eden uh finlay james richardson gavin gibson grant gow harry remedy anakis iva jane easton john van hout jordan hill carson do a backflip katie t live rob logan james chapman lukewarm maddie robertson martin deaf mary lee borslow meridian Monopoly Shrimp on the Barbie, Monroe Page, Nora B. Riley Oss, Sophia Arieta, Stella Perry, Supercalifragilistic XBL, Adocious Smitty, Werbin, Jagerman Jensen, Tobias, Broke, Cha- uh, Tom, Likes Beans, Wes Kinley, Xavier, Fo- Xavier Fossier, Yusef A., and Zoe Hernandez McDonald. Tried to go too fast there and stuttered a few times, but a lot of new names, actually, in that reading. So welcome, everybody, and thank you so much. Um, always love to see some new names. Uh, yep. Jeff, it's been a good podcast. Um, it has been. I've had a lot of fun talking to you. It's you know been a movie that we both enjoyed a lot. Yeah. You know, I don't know what what else there is to to really say other than uh, catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Flip side.